Welcome to the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. We hope you're encouraged by today's message and encounter God's heart through it. To find out more about us, visit LifeChurchStPeters.com. I did just want to welcome Tom Kyle to the stage to minister to us God's Word. I'm still waiting for my green jacket. I already have the gleaning forehead. Forehead. Wow. I don't, Jeff, did you help uh, put that picture together? <laughs> Just like M&M's. Melts in the mouth, not on the hands. Jim Zelensky did that. Yeah, dear friend. Yeah. Christmas is coming. Well, good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, this morning I want to... Uh, Share something that's very, very near and dear to my heart. Um, it's a, uh, I hope it is a, uh, a message that inspires you and uh, motivates you to godly action, provokes you to godly response. Uh, that is my heart. We've been moving through a series for the year. Uh, it's uh, a message or a scripture out of the book of Daniel 11.32. It's knowing God growing in God, and going and moving forward in God. And we're on the knowing, uh, we did the knowing part for the first four months, and now we're on the growing part. And this morning, I want to talk about, and again, there's only two things that really cause people anxiety in church. Well, three. Second offering. <laughs> oh, he's just like, ah, they're squeezing, they're squeezing. So the first is the second offering. The second is when they talk about evangelism. I don't like using the E word in church, but we're not going to talk about that this morning, so we're all good. We're not going to take a second offering, and we're not going to talk about evangelism. But sometimes, uh, one other thing that can cause people just to cringe a little bit uh, in church is when the, the subject that I'm going to talk about this morning comes up. And, and some of us have a real true gift in it, and many of us don't. Some of us have ventured into this arena as a lifestyle. Some of us have visited on occasion once in a lifetime. And other times, uh, we, we just touch on something. But this morning, I want to talk about the biblical, godly um, practice of prayer and fasting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Kim, amen. Yeah. Amen. It is uh, the Bible. It's, it's mentioned in reference fasting over 50 times in the Bible. Over 50 times. And as Americans, I, I don't know that it's a cultural thing that's big in the United States of America. Um, it, I don't think it's all that, all that common. Uh, it, it is not a dieting technique. <laughs> or at least shouldn't be. That's not the purpose of it. Uh, but the purpose of prayer and fasting is to soften our hearts that we, would, that we would hear God and find God. So I want to talk more about that this morning. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you, when you meet somebody, you, you would never be so crass as to say this, but, but sometimes you meet somebody and, and you look at them and you think, you've lost a lot of weight, you know, but you don't know what to say, especially as a guy, just don't ever say anything. Say, so you look great. That's the appropriate thing. But this morning, there, there's a, I just, before I jump into it, just two people here this morning that I saw yesterday. And as soon as I, I saw them yesterday, they walked into this building and I looked over and I thought, man, you've lost a lot of weight. But they looked great. They looked amazing. And 
And they may have done some prayer and fasting. I don't know. I would assume they probably did. But I just want to highlight two people here with us this morning. Can I have Andy and Ivan? Could you guys stand up real quick? These are the Belestest boys. They're over here. Give them a, just give them a, there you go. You guys can sit back down. Hopefully we're going to hear from them next week. And as I saw these young men walk in, I thought, man, they, they're, they just, they, there's a glow about them. And so I don't know that you've been praying and fasting, but they've been in uh, Papua New Guinea and Australia serving in kind of really out there islands where there's not a lot of civilization as we would know it. Uh, but they've been serving over there for a year, two years, um, for different, different times for different boys. But uh, I, I'm so excited to see you. When I saw you yesterday, I thought, Jesus is all over you. All over you and will continue to be all over you. So next week, we're going to hear more from them, what God has been doing. So in, in talking about prayer and fasting this morning, it's not a diet technique. It's not something to, uh, when you think, uh, I just want to give up food. The, when the Bible talks about fasting, it's running after him. We heard about that this morning. It's running after Jesus. Um, it's the beautiful, powerful way that my heart can be softened, that I can actually hear his voice in a better way than I did before. Why, do, why fasting? Why, why? What is it um, for? Why would I be talking about it this morning? The reason I'm talking about it this morning is uh, a couple of months ago, a man came uh, named Darren Kassebaum and spoke a message. And then probably four or five weeks after that, a man came named Daniel Reynolds. Remember, anybody remember Darren Kassebaum preaching? Several weeks ago, it was like, I think it was May 19. And then Daniel Reynolds followed it up. I believe the date was June 30. You can catch both those messages on uh, the website, and please do. But both of them shared publicly, and they gave words for this church that I believe were significant, and it's going forward. So that's why I want to talk about praying and fasting this morning for just a few moments. Darren's word on May 19 was more of a prophetic nature. And when he shared it, he shared a picture at the very end of his message. It's a powerful message, amazing message. And at the very end, I think it was the last 13 minutes, he shared a prophetic picture that God had given to him, not for me, not for Randy and I. Darren gave a prophetic picture for this family and God's intention to bless this family in going forward. It's a picture of a ship. And I'm not going to elaborate it on on it a lot this morning. But he shared a picture of, a, of this church, and it was, it was a picture of a ship, an old uh, 17th, 18th century, 16th, 17th century warship, one of the, the wooden ships that has the big billowing sails and uh, all the cannons on the side. Maybe a some of you remember some of the pirate movies you've seen as a little kid and the, you know, the Spanish going after the pirates or the English, or, and certainly not the French, but the Spanish <laughs> and the English going after the pirate ships and just all these battles out on the high seas. And it was a picture of a ship like that. But the, the picture was of a ship in a safe, very safe harbor. And it had been refurbished, retooled, um, reset so that it could go out and do what it was supposed to do. But at this point in the picture, it was in a harbor moored to a dock. And he saw the, uh, the moorings being lifted and the anchor being lifted up from the bottom of the harbor and the sails being hoisted and the winds from heaven coming and filling the sails and taking the ship out from the safe harbor, 
for what it was designed for out on the high seas to do battle for the enemy. And he uh, just, he described a little bit more and the cannons were a representative of prayer and how prayer demolishes the enemy. But the, the whole picture was, in essence, this. We've had a beautiful, amazing season of getting healthy, of people's lives getting whole, of getting repaired, getting, uh, finding Jesus again, uh, coming out of wilderness experience and moving into blessing, back into green pasture. And we're all in different stages of that. But there's a picture of, there's been a season that God ordained to be in the safe harbor. And now there's a season to move out, to take the gospel and the benefit and the blessing that we have, take it to the community. Amen? Amen. That was the essence of Darren's word. And then when Daniel Reynolds came, he's a, he pastors a church in uh, Chicago that we relate with, in St. Charles, Illinois. And Daniel basically reiterated what Darren had said. And for me, it confirmed for my wife and I what God had been saying to us. There's a, there's a shifting. There's a season change. Um, not, and I'm so glad it's not going down Highway 70 at 90 miles an hour and you crank the thing and the car rolls and people die and it's ugly. But it's just, it's a season change. And if we are obedient, if we will listen, if we will cooperate with mighty Holy Spirit, he's going to shift us into a new season for which we were designed to affect and change a community. And what that looks like is saying yes. I'm going to leave my safety of my harbor where I, I can get off the boat and I can go get my stuff and I come back and you know, I can paint little stuff on, on the side of the boat. Well, you know, that's all good and wonderful. But the ship was designed for the high seas. The ship was designed to do damage to the enemy. And we're in that season. And so, and Darren, in his message, he said, hey, there's going to be one, maybe two things specifically really focused that he wants us, that the Lord will want us to focus on. One or two things. And he said, seek God. Seek God for what it is. Because this church does a number of amazing things, like all the churches in the community. We all have our, our bent, our things where we're, we, uh, whether it's feeding the homeless or caring for uh, orphans or... Um, helping police departments, fire departments. There's just there's so much that so many uh, churches do in the community. But what are we supposed to do in this next season? Specifically, where are we supposed to labor? What enemy are we supposed to attack? Because there's lots of things we can do. We could, we could focus on the amazing ministry they have widows and orphans or Rooted and Hope, the new ministry we're just launching. Uh, Tots, uh, moms and tots. We could uh, redouble up our efforts on what we're doing in Guatemala and India and Haiti. There's a number of things where we could just focus the guns, the prayer guns, to actually uh, do damage, significant damage to the enemy. But exactly what is it? And what I felt immediately after I heard Darren's message and Daniel's message was, Lord, I don't want to pre be presumptuous. I don't want to be quick on the trigger. I don't want to assume this is what you want us to do because that's exactly what Tom's heart is. Or this is what Tom and Randy's heart is. Lord, we're a family. What is our corporate? What are you saying to the corporate family? Something that we would all be able to get our hands around and our arms around. I don't want to be presumptuous. Anybody ever been presumptuous? Don't put your hands up. Everybody really, anybody ever really sure what God's saying to you? 
and only to find out the U was misshot. So for me, the simplest and the easiest way, just, just immediately, as soon as I heard it, I thought, Lord, to save me from presumption, I want to seek your face. I want to call on your name. I want to turn my ear, turn my gigantic forehead to hear your voice. And the simplest and easiest, the most biblical way that I know how to do that is just for me, Tom, to enter into a time of prayer and fasting. And over the last, I think it was three weeks ago, I, I just asked the body, I said, just, could you just pray, pray for Randy and I? Could you pray for the leaders of the church? Uh, we're just going to be spending a time of seeking God's face. And, and I have been. And I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute. But as I, as I look into the Bible, I'm amazed when I see what Jesus did. Jesus was the perfect son of God. Yes? yes. Jesus never sinned. Right. Jesus was never presumptuous. Jesus never missed it. Jesus never prayed for someone and the healing didn't happen. Right? When Jesus broke into the world, he changed everything. But guess what Jesus did when he started his ministry? before he started his public ministry, guess what he did? He prayed and fasted. There was a season change. Jesus lived 30 years as a carpenter's son. Jesus in his hometown, best older brother, best son that you could ever imagine. He was perfect and sinless in his growing up. And it was a season change. And he was baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. But before he began doing something, before he launched into public ministry, the scripture says he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And for 40 days, for 40 days, he fasted. That's amazing to me. It's, it's uh, challenging. So, guy, I think you should do that. Show us how to do that. I just feel that's the Lord. Sorry, just teasing. But fasting, how many people love to fast? Anybody? A room full of truthful people. Who, who knew? Fasting, what is it? Just a simple definition. Just I, I found on the internet. Fasting is essentially giving up food or something else for a period of time in order to focus my thoughts and my heart on God. What is fasting? It's essentially giving up food or something else, something of value, something that gets my attention when I'm not getting it for a period of time in order to focus. What's the purpose? To focus my thoughts and my heart on God. It's really simple. Fasting is throughout the word of God. Like I said, it's over 50 times the Bible references and talks about fasting. Jesus taught and the Bible teaches that it's not... With his followers, it's not if I fast, but when. It's not if, but when. And it's kind of like this. For my, for my kids, when they were little, as a family, we were teaching our, our children how to clean their rooms. And when, and, and. It didn't work. <laughs> when we were raising our kids, 
And we had grand success on every front. <laughs> we were teaching our kids, kids, clean your room. Clean up your room. So mama and daddy don't have to do it. And so with our kids, we, we used a word, not a, a different word. We didn't say, hey, kids, if you clean your rooms, if you clean your rooms, if you clean your rooms. We didn't use the word if. When you clean your rooms. There was an expectation as a parent on our children. It's not if. It's not, hey, 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 Stephen, just this week, you know, you can have chocolate, you can stay up late, or you can clean your room. Your choice. Hey, you choose. Over to you. It's like, son, as a requirement part of the Kyle family, you will clean your room. Not if, but when. When you do. And as I read the Bible and I hear Jesus speaking, fasting is not an if, but it's when. And I find, I find that, Tom, I find that so challenging. Such a challenge. Why do we do it? Why do we fast? What, what, okay, what is the goal? I, you know, what, what's going to happen? What, what's my motivation? I simply have four simple things. Why do we do it? Why, why would we fast? For me, to help soften my heart. Two, to help focus my thoughts and heart on him. To focus. One, soften. Two, focus. Three, to potentially, please Lord help me, potentially humble me as a person. Anybody ever struggle with stiff neckedness? Anybody? Thank you, Stephanie, me and you. No one else? The Bible actually talks about if I will humble myself, he won't have to. If I do the job to potentially humble myself as a person. And, and lastly, and I think this is, this is the, just the heart of it, is to hear his voice. I want to hear his voice. And more clearly, as I seek him, more intentionally and purposefully, hopefully, I will be less distracted. When I'm fasting, I don't like it. I'm not a great faster. I'm not even a marginally good faster. I don't like it. But what do I want more? Do I want to hear his voice? Is that, is that, is that really, how hungry am I to hear his voice? And as I was sitting here, May 19, as I was sitting here, I think it was June 30 when, when Dan came. And I'm just, I'm, I'm here, Lord, I hear you. I hear you, I hear you. I don't want to miss it. It was funny, as I was sitting there, I just felt the Lord whisper into my heart when Darren was speaking. And it was actually after Darren was speaking. I said, Lord, I hear you. And I just heard the Lord whisper this just to me, not in a, a voice, but just on the inside. Favorable winds are blowing. Favorable winds are blowing, comma, right now. If I will choose to respond now, there's favorable winds blowing. I want to catch his heart. I want to catch his voice. In fasting, about fasting, in understanding fasting, what does fasting not do? What does fasting not do for me? What does fasting not do? Fasting does not impress God. He's not like, wow, Tom, dude. 
Give him something. What's he want? Give him anything. Look at that. He's, he's finally giving up food. I'm rounding out as an individual. Fasting, it doesn't impress God. He's not, he's not, wow, that guy's amazing. Green jacket and all. What does it not do? It does not twist God's arm in any way to get him to do what I want him to do. It does not twist his arm. We read in Isaiah 58. Several weeks ago, I asked uh, the, the people, if you were here, if you're a guest, please forgive me. But several weeks ago, I asked as a family if we could begin reading Isaiah 61 and Isaiah 58. Isaiah 61 and Isaiah 58. And Isaiah 58, I'm not going to read it just for time this morning. But in Isaiah 58, uh, the people of God are crying, Hey, Lord, we fasted. Why aren't you listening? Hey, I'm doing something. Hello, I got needs, I got wants. And then God's response to it was really clear. He's like, you, you, you fast and you, you do whatever you want when you're fasting. And you're, you're pointing your finger in a malicious talk and accusing one another. He said, I, 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 that's not the kind of fast I want, a hard heart, an antagonistic heart. He said, what I, and then and Isaiah 50 goes on to say, I'm, I'm interested in a heart that's interested in unloosing, unloosening chains on prisoners, setting captives free. To not do what you want to do on your day. To do what I would want and what Jesus did. But it doesn't twist God's arm. So if I, if I want a, a new Ferrari, well, I don't have an old one. If I wanted, I, I, want, that, I want that job of $100,000 a year, I'm going to fast. God's under no obligation. Zero obligation because I fasted. Hello? I mean it this time. He's under no obligation. It's just, he's interested in his soft heart. Because if my heart is soft, I will follow after his. And I'll stop being selfish and self-absorbed in what I want. It doesn't impress God. It doesn't twist his arm. Fasting. Like I said, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, in fact, in Luke 4, verse 1 and 2, the scripture says this. It's about Jesus. He'd just been baptized. I referenced it earlier. Jesus just baptized by his cousin, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit, that's the river, the Jordan River, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days, everybody say 40. 40 wow, big number, 40 days. He was tempted by the devil and he ate nothing. There's your challenge, guy. He ate nothing. Not Ritz crackers, Cheez-Its, grapes. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. I believe that. I believe the word of God is true. I believe that too. He ate nothing. Now, this is, this is a Jesus who's perfect. He's not messed up. He's not depressed. He's not discouraged. He's not struggling with a sin in his life. His wife isn't ready to leave him. He's not behind in his finances. He's not close to bankruptcy. He's not struggling with his business. He's full of the Holy Spirit. But he's shifting gears. He's moving into a new season of his life. He's sinless and perfect on, on every page. But because he senses a shifting, the Holy Spirit takes him 
says, let's go on a fast so you can hear your father's voice perfectly. And I don't think Jesus had a hard time hearing his father's voice before. But I just want my heart soft. And if fasting was, if Jesus did it, and if it was necessary for him when he's shifting seasons, I might be a candidate. I might be a candidate. In Luke 6, verse 16 through 18, the scripture says this. Again, this is Jesus teaching. And again, notice the first word. It's not an if. It's a when. Matthew 6, verse 16 through 18. Survey says, when, this is Jesus speaking, red letters, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. How godly I am. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when, when, when you fast, put oil on your head. I'm willing. <laughs> Wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting. But only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So the thing is, don't make a show of it. Don't, I, don't, I don't show up for work. Oh, my tummy's grumbling. Oh, he, oh, Mr. Godly's fasting again. Mr. Amazing, Mr. Spiritual. Jesus says, no, act like you haven't missed a thing. There's no reward for everybody to think you're so amazing. The goal isn't others' perceptions of me or of you. The goal is my heart can hear his voice clearly and easily. In Matthew 9, verse 14 through 15, Jesus taught his disciples. Then John's disciples came and asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? Because he's speaking of himself, himself as the bridegroom. How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. Fasting is incredibly biblical. Jesus talked about it. Jesus did it. It was part of his lifestyle. But it's not just fasting. It's coupled with prayer. The, the focus of fasting takes me to prayer. I'm missing a meal. Oh, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be praying. Anybody ever think that might work? It works for me amazing. My tummy, oh yeah, fasting. I, oh, I'm, fat, I'm praying. Now I'm going to pray. It reminds me. It turns my heart. My, why, why is my uh, stomach missing? Or why am I not watching TV? Or why, why did I give up this? Or why did I get, oh yeah, that's right. Because I'm listening. I'm engaging. I'm communicating. I'm praying with my Father in heaven. The goal isn't to fast, it's connection with him. The goal isn't fasting, the goal is hearing his voice. It's praying. It's connecting with my father in a new way. It heightens my senses. Luke 6, thank you, it is. Luke 6, verse 12 and 13. Jesus, the son of God, perfect, sinless, perfect communion with his father. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Spent the night praying to God. Why? Because when morning came, he, calls to, he called his disciples to him and he chose 12 of them. 
when he, whom he also designated apostles. He was shifting another gear in his ministry. I've been doing all this teaching. I've got tons and tons and tons of followers, but I need to pick just 12, and I'm going to give everything I have to these 12 in specific. There's a gear shift. There's a new moving into a new area of ministry, uh, a new ratcheting up for what Jesus is doing. So what does he do? He goes and he prays all night. He's seeking his father. He want, I need, I want to hear my father's voice. Jesus was given to prayer and fasting. Jesus came out of his time in praying and fasting for the 40 days. And he moved to signs and wonders and power. And everywhere he went, miracles happened. Why? Because he'd spent time with his father. And that's our goal as a church. That we would move out in signs and wonders and power out there. How sad would it have been if Jesus had just stayed in his hometown and blessed his mom and his brothers and sisters? How sad. His ministry was for a world. A world. And there, have been, there are people in this room, whether it's been New Guinea, Australia, Guatemala, India. There's been people who've moved outside. And sometimes it seems very grandiose to think that, well, I spent three years as a missionary in Afghanistan, or I spent a year planting churches in, in Cambodia. It sounds very grandiose. And it is. It's amazing. I love to travel. I'll go with you. What about St. Charles? What about Troy? Doesn't sound nearly as grandiose, but it's where God's called me to live. What about Chesterfield? What about Baldwin? What about Hazelwood? It's our mission field. Doesn't sound nearly as grandiose as, as, as Pakistan. But what about my school? What about my workplace? What about Laura Lee, my, my street? What would God have me do right here, right now? In Acts 13, Acts 13, 1 through 3, the word of God talks about prayer and fasting in the New Testament. Aside from Jesus, the, the church got together and they're praying and fasting. God wants to do something. And in verse 1 of chapter 13, it says, Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, who, Jair, you nailed those names this morning. Very, you want to, you were awesome. Menane, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, also known as the Apostle Paul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, Paul, for the work for which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Amen. It's all over the Bible. It's just the part I don't necessarily love. <laughs> prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. Why? To hear his voice. To hear his voice. They heard his voice, and they sent off two men who changed the world to catch his heart. So I'm going to conclude with this. That means at least another 20 minutes, according to John Hooker's on vacation. Just kidding. But in conclusion, what does that mean for me? What does that potentially could it mean for you? As I mentioned, I think last week, um, I started on a, a fast called the Daniel Fast. 
If you're not familiar with it, you can look it up online. It's, it's in there. Uh, it references in the book of Daniel, uh, the amazing man of God, Daniel, in the Older Testament. Um, he wanted to seek God. He needed to seek God. And he, he began a 21-day fast, which meant he, would, he removed certain things from his diet and only ate this. And now, as we do, uh, we've made it into an industry. Um, but it's called the Daniel Fast. And it's just removal of certain things. It's a type of a fast. So 13 days ago, I started on a Daniel Fast. And um, it's just... It's a, my, my prayer and interest is that I would hear his voice from, for Tom and Randy, from me. And I asked a couple of weeks, a week or two ago, just to consider the possibility, whether that means for you, whether you gave up TV one day a week, you gave up social, no, don't give up social media. That's too much. <laughs> Way too much. What was I thinking? Maybe just an hour a day. Just give up social media an hour a day. It may be giving up food or something of value to you. Something that means something to you. It's like, ow, don't take my phone away from me. Ow. Some of us, like me, take my phone away. When I was traveling in India, I was like, no phone, yes. I was in England recently, my internet wasn't working, yes. Loved it. But it's setting something aside so that I focus on him. It may be a day a week. It may be, uh, I have friends of mine who've, they, they fasted lunches for a week. They, they gave, you know, gave up something. Maybe take one day a week and devote it to him. Maybe a partial food fast, like in, in the, the Daniel fast. And it also mentions in, in, in Daniel 10. It's a, let me just read it real quick. I love this passage. It's Daniel 10. Daniel says at the beginning of chapter 10, he said, I ate no choice food. No meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all. Can you imagine going without Mary Kay for 21 days? I mean, fathom the thought. I just, I, th I thought of my beautiful wife. Lotions. I mean, what if you had no lotions for 21 days? <laughs> But it's just a season. And for, for me, I've just kind of taken, you know, 30 days to set it aside just to hear his voice. Because I don't want to miss the season. I don't want to be presumptuous. I don't want to assume, I, Lord, I got this. Lord, I don't got this. Can you help me? Can you help us? If we would see souls saved. We would see broken lives changed. So whatever it is, if you chose to do this with me, with the leaders of the church, with this body, great. And if you don't, there's zero guilt. Ze and I mean that completely. Nobody, there's not a fast check. Oh, what are you giving up? Addison? <laughs> not to call you out, my friend? <laughs> I got an answer. Excellent. And, and I don't want it. <laughs> there's no, nobody checking on anybody. It's between you and God. It's between you and God. It's just like you're giving, just like you're reading your Bible, your prayer time. He's the only one. He's the only one I want to have notice. 
If I'm doing it for, to look godly, if I'm looking to sound like I'm, I'm Mr. Spiritual, Jesus says you've received your reward at all, at, you, at already. Never mind. It's just between you and him. And so you may be going on vacation. Please don't, just, just chill, relax. You, you may be just going through a busy time right now. Just chill, relax. There's, there's, no one's going to be checking up on you. But I do sense the corporate word came to us as a family and here's an option. One thing that you could do in response to what God wants us to do and going forward. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. I'm really excited. Why? To soften my heart. To help focus my thoughts and heart on him. To potentially humble me as a person. Why? To hear his voice more clearly. And hopefully, as I seek him more intentionally and purposely. Hopefully, I will be less distracted. Anybody ever get distracted by life? By bills, by family, by relationships, by jobs? Anybody ever get distracted? It helps focus me. When, there's a, when I, find a, I feel a significant change, God, God's spoken to me. I don't want to be distracted. And this is just a way, a way of focusing my heart. Lord, I want to affect my community. I want to see, I want to see St. Charles look like Jesus. I want to see the, the lost saved. I want to see broken lives mended. I want to see kids who are blind, they can see. No more hearing aids. Challenge children healed. Could you stand with me please for just a minute? If you're able. I just want to read one, one text. And it's out of Luke 4. And it's verse 18 and 19. I just want to remind us again of our mission because this is Jesus' mission. And when, and when Jesus went to be with his father again, he just said, go and do. Go and do what? In Luke 4, when Jesus started out his ministry, he said this, his first, first message. Luke 4, verse 18 and 19. The spirit of the Lord is on me. This is what Jesus said. He's quoting Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he, my father, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened to him. He was anointed to do something. He was anointed to proclaim freedom, set the oppressed free, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He was anointed to do something. And it was good news to the poor. Father, I thank you that you've called us for the same, same mission, same ministry. Lord, I, I stand before you and need to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. I choose, as we already heard and said this morning, I choose to run after you, to pursue you with everything in me. I don't want to miss you. I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to be too busy. I've got things I have to do, grass I got to cut, bills I got to pay. I have to do work. 
But Lord, in the midst of all that, I don't want to be so busy I miss you. That I don't see the, the fields are white unto harvest. They're white. They're ready for harvest. And Lord, I want, I want to be in. I want to play my part. I want us to play our part in what you're doing in the church in St. Louis. We would see this city set on fire for you. Where healing is normal. The baptism waters are troubled. They're busy. Discipleship classes are full. But Father, it's new people who don't know you coming to know you. Lord, I want in. Let the, let the wind blow and fill the sails of this church as it takes us out to the high seas to accomplish our mission, which is to save lives. So, Holy Spirit, may it be us. Use us. We just want to play our part. But, Lord, we want to play our part. And I say yes. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Amen. So we'll be dismissed. And so if you have questions. Thanks for checking out the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. For more podcasts and additional information, visit us at lifechurchstpeters.com.